Hey guys, this is James with the Warriors Cry. I promised you guys uh, some conversation around the mystical school, and tonight is the end of the second night officially. The first night was kind of a short night, um, but we've had a lot of really fun activity, fun stuff that we've done the last couple of days. And so I just wanted to share a little bit about what happened tonight and last night with you guys. And uh, we're also going to do communion uh, on the podcast. Uh, tonight I've got Anthony Golden and David King with me. Anthony Hales from uh, Springfield, Illinois. Hail. Hail. <laughs> and uh, we got David King that is all the way out here from, uh, what would you call it, Kara's Mecca? Oh, yeah. Redding, California. <laughs> Redding, California. Uh, Kara's Mecca. <laughs> yeah, that was Nathan who called it that. Nathan called it that, yeah. So, uh, anyway, um, so we've, uh, we've been at this mystical school for a couple of days and, uh, you know, David, myself and Anthony, we've just had a great time, like, getting to know each other, uh, better, uh, personally and, um, and spiritually too. Like, uh, literally these guys are like brothers that, uh, I didn't know I had. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, um, so I'm going to go ahead and let them speak about themselves real quick. Uh, just give a brief introduction, uh, about themselves, who they are, uh, and, and we'll go from there. So, Anthony, you go first. Anthony Golden. Um, I live in Illinois. I work from home as an insurance appeals guy. Uh, married four years. I spend a lot of time on Facebook this time that Jane's here. <laughs> and he's been trying to get me to do podcasts with him for quite a while. Um, I've always been successful in putting it off. But I guess, you know, you're trapped Sharon, in the hotel room. Trapped in the hotel room yeah. with him. And he's like, <laughs> took over my bed. Captive and, audience. And <laughs> in order to get to sleep tonight, I'm just going to have to do this. <laughs> so go ahead, David. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, uh, David King from Redding, California. I'm a theology nerd. I met these guys on Facebook and we were just talking, debating, all that stuff. And, uh, we were talking about somehow, about the mystical school and decided to uh, house or room together. And, uh, yeah, anything else? Is that good? <laughs> so, uh, we're both about like maybe what, six feet tall. We give you a visual image. We have long hair and beards. <laughs> um, yeah. The David to my left looks an awful lot like Johnny Depp, and I feel like I look a lot like a Brad Pitt. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, you guys know what I look like, and I look nothing like that. Um, some people say that I look like Samurai Jesus. Some people say I look like Samurai Jesus, but, you know, hey. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, so just to kind of briefly talk about uh, last night. Um, so does any of you guys have any memories that just stand out about last night's, um, school so far? Okay. So before we begin, uh, a lot of, uh, we've had a lot of criticism. Like, uh, when I post things on Facebook, all of a sudden I have people freaking out because they hear the word mystic. They hear the word 
mysticism. And they think that we're talking about an Eastern religion. They think we're talking about Buddhism or Hinduism or, uh, you know, uh, Zoroasterism or New Age or whatever. Uh, but it's not that at all. And so just to kind of explain to you what mysticism is, according to John Crowder and according to myself, and uh, honestly, it's not nearly as crazy or loony as it may sound. So. Right, yeah. So this is actually, uh, is this, this is from, uh, John Crowder's book, Mystical Union. Um, and we're just going to read a small section of this, uh, under the fair use clause, um, because we're not selling this podcast for any reason and we're commenting on it. So, uh, no matter its improper usage, mysticism is a word that started in the church for centuries when one spoke about about the mystics, he ref- he referred only to those believers who experience an interactive life with Christ, full of intimacy and supernatural power. But various non-Christians, religious movements, have hijacked that word. This is why clarification is needed that we are uh, clarification is needed that we are talking about Christian mysticism and not some aberrant form of paganism. Mystical union should not be a foreign concept to a believer, for we are talking about our union with Christ. We are in him, and he is in us. Mysticism is an experience of this union with God, and the union is procured by Christ's atoning sacrifice. I define mysticism as an experience of union with God, a consciousness of the reality of God, the belief that the reality of God can be infused through the subjective experience. So we're going to stop there because I don't want to be doing an audio book of The Mystical Union. It is an excellent book. If you have not read it yet, I would encourage you to read it. You can check it out uh, on Amazon.com. You can actually order it there, or you can go, I think, to, what is it, Sons of Thunder? Sons of Thunder.com, I think. It's either Sons of Thunder.com or .net or something like that. I'm sure you can do a Google search for John Crowder uh, books, and you'll probably find them. Um, yeah. Um, have to have James silky smooth radio voice yeah. for you. And I do have a silky smooth radio voice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, I know it sounds like I'm drunk. Um, and so, just to kind of explain to you what that means. Um, so, right now, uh, all three of us have had a pretty fun evening. And uh, we, we've been dealing in a lot of uh, uh, what... Scripture uh, defines as ecstasis, which is an ecstasy in God. And um, honestly, it's it's full of joy. It's full of happiness. And um, we, it's it's totally joy. Joy is a person. And, you know, learning this is something that, that I've not really experienced before. And uh, even though I may have heard these stories that John Crowder gives us on his, uh, his weekly videos, uh, The Jesus Trip, um, even though I've heard these stories before, seeing them live and seeing his inflection and seeing how genuine this guy is in person, yeah, yeah. It, it makes the words and the message more clear and, and even easier to understand. And yes, if anyone is preaching the gospel, it's nothing new. You know, it's not a new word. We're together and we're hearing the same stories that he's probably told thousands and thousands and thousands of times. But yet, every single time you hear it, it's a new story because it is 
um, there's a newness that is poured out on all of this stuff every single time he reveals these stories, these things talking about the different mystics in history, you know, all of the different miracles and, and uh, uh, experiences that people have had. So um, so last night's mystical school um, started at about 630-ish, something like that. And, uh, Do you want to go back to the airport or not? Uh, well, we can go back to the airport. I think that's really where this started. Yeah, so... Uh, <clears throat> My experience at least with this. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, a few a few days ago, um, I went to go pick up Anthony and David from the airport. And uh, it might actually cut us off at 10 minutes, so that's why I'm keeping a close eye on the computer. But uh, I went to go pick up Anthony from the airport. And uh, after I picked Anthony up and brought him back to the hotel... Uh, then we had to go back and get David probably about an hour later. So we were hanging out at the airport waiting for David, and uh, David finally shows up. And when he gets up to us, we're sitting there chit-chatting, and this random dude just comes walking up that uh, David had met in, I think it was the Chicago airport, wasn't it? Uh, something like that, in a different airport, yeah. It was a different airport, yeah. So... Um, Anyway, the guy was actually one of three people that um, the airport was trying to bribe to stay off the plane uh, by giving him like a thousand dollars of flight credits or something like that. And yeah. it's uh, ironic, I feel that they chose one of the skinniest guys possible on that airplane to say, "Hey, we have too much weight. Would you mind staying?" <laughs> uh, it was about who volunteered first, oh, okay. and, and I'm pretty quick. You know? <laughs> I mean, thousand bucks, yeah, yeah I heard thousand, and I was there. I didn't, I didn't think so uh david uh david volunteered along with this other guy named houston so uh david and uh houston volunteered and uh anyhow they ended up working it out to where these two skinny guys got thrown on the plane uh, I don't know exactly what happened. I guess they figured out how to work it out. Yeah, we didn't get our credits. So yeah, yeah. They, they didn't give them the thousand dollar credit. Somebody's luggage instead said, "You know what? We'll just lose it. It'll <laughs> <laughs> no, be cheaper. The insurance will be cheaper, basically." Yeah. So uh, anyway, at the airport, we were waiting for uh, David's uh, long his luggage laundry. I don't know why I said laundry. It was in there. Yeah, yep. it, it was in there. Yeah. <laughs> so we're waiting for the luggage to come down the chute. Uh, and uh, Houston comes walking up, and we start talking to him. And um, David's like, "So, what, what? What do you guys do?" No, Houston's like, or he, guys, yeah, yeah, Houston said this. So he's like, "What do you guys do?" And David, uh, love you, man. You were floundering over there. <laughs> You're like, "Oh, well, we're uh, we're going to a, a conference." And he's like, "Conference about what?" And he's like, oh, "Mysticism." <laughs> and yeah. the guy's like, "He planted." Yeah. <laughs> The guy's like, oh, cool. He took the bait, too. Yeah. He's like, oh, cool. And, and then Anthony tried to explain something. I don't even know what he said. And then I was like, well, it's kind of Christian mysticism. And then at that, he all of a sudden jumps in. He's like, what is this Christian mysticism? Yeah. So it gave us a chance to witness to him and to to share um, uh, share with him. Um, but then we found out some uh, troubling news. Yeah. So uh, do one of you guys want to go through that? You want to do it? Yeah. Um. He he was asking because we were talking about what 
what it was. I mean, basically the definition that he had given earlier, um, it's about God's relationship with us and us experiencing that relationship. Um, and he says, well, I have a dark question for you, if you don't mind. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I mean, I was thinking, like, is he going to, you know, bring up like Satanism? Is he going to be asking, like, what do you guys think about Ouija boards or something like that? Would have been better. Uh, he apparently had recently lost his girlfriend. Uh, they were doing a bike ride in the mountains, and, and she had an accident and uh, died in front of his eyes, basically. Um, he was just wanting to know, like, what do you guys think of this? He said she was a Buddhist, um, and did we think that, you know, she he'd see her again? And, I mean, we're not going up there and saying, like, all these theological answers and stuff like this. We're like, you know, we trust God, and God's love. We're all included in Christ. It says that, you know, in the scriptures, and Adam, all men died in Christ, all men are made alive. So we, we trust God's nature, was my answer to that. Yeah. And, and you know, Anthony pulls out a really interesting verse. He says, you know, in Adam, all men died, and in Jesus, all men are alive. All men live. And, and we, all, we all have, uh, what, what is it? We, we live and move and have our being. All of us have our, have and move and have our being, uh, in, in Jesus. So, I know this sounds like an inclusive uh, gospel. Uh, it, it is. It, it sounds <laughs> universalist. Yeah, yeah. It sounds Bless universalist, it. but you know, uh, I'm not. I'm not fully in the universalist no. camp. You know, I, I. I. I do believe. I know David is is kind of a universalist guy, and that's liberal, okay. Liberal guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's okay. Uh, there's there's plenty of room for all the, the, the different viewpoints and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes down to it, you know, it doesn't matter if this girl was Buddhist or whatever. She's still in Christ, you know. If I, if an all, all, all men died in Adam, all men found life in Jesus. All. It doesn't say if you believe. It just says all. And so we just shared our heart with him. We said, you know, hey, you know, everything is in Christ. Nothing can escape his his view. Nothing can escape his grasp. And uh, in that, Houston was extremely comforted yeah. uh, by that. And uh, uh, so we offered to pray for him. We laid hands on him in the middle of the airport and we prayed for him. And uh, I tell you, we had... <laughs> It was it was a really good experience there in the airport. You know, uh, we uh, we were praying over him. There was there might have been a little bit of tongues. You know, there might have been a little bit of prophetic utterance. Uh, you know, there might have been a little bit of all that stuff. Because we didn't have any stigmata though, so it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> no no levitations, no miracles, no nothing like that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we we just loved on him and. And then we invited him out to, to come to the first day of the mystical school. And so Friday, um, we're all hanging out. We went bowling, you know, me and uh, Anthony and David. We went bowling and uh, walked around the mall and just kind of did some random stuff. Went and had uh, lunch and at uh, Ikea. And by the way, the Swedish meatballs were amazing. They were good. They yep. were really good. If you haven't had them, I'd encourage it. And it's really cheap. You know, yeah, I think we ate for less than like six or seven bucks. It wasn't bad at all. Mm -hmm. But uh, anyway, so we had lunch and then we go to the mystical school uh, first night. And um, 
So we're sitting in the room, and uh, all of a sudden, Houston comes walking through the door. We invited him, and, and he comes walking through the door. And, and I'll tell you, as soon as he saw him walk through the door, I, I jumped up, and I gave him a big old hug and loved on him and welcomed him. And uh, I was just so enamored with the idea that he actually showed up. And he stayed till probably about 10.30. I think Classgate let out at uh, uh, around 11.00. And, uh, but he left like 30 minutes before the class was over, but he was enjoying the whole thing. And this guy grew up in, uh, he was a Christian, he, he was a Christian, but I think he grew up in like a, uh, a non-denominational, but I think the non-denominational had like Presbyterian roots or something. I'm not really sure. Cause, uh, I don't want to mention church names or anything like that. Cause that's not, we're not in that business. Um, but, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so and he, he really enjoyed the evening and, uh, you know, he was blessed and everybody was just pouring love on him. And, uh, I got up and I bought the book that I just quoted mystical union for him. And I gave it to him just as a, a love offering to him, just to, to, to heap some love on him. And, uh, you know, what's even funnier is I did that yesterday and then tonight, uh, kind of skipping ahead a little bit, we're sitting at dinner, um, with a big group that was at the mystical school and this guy just hands out $20 bills and he's like, take one and pass it down. Well, the book that I bought yesterday was 20 bucks. Exactly. <laughs> so it's 20 bucks. And so, uh, I bought the book 20 bucks just randomly popped in my wallet. And then tonight I got 20 more bucks. It's crazy how yeah. sowing and reaping is, you know, a law, not like legalistic law, but like gravity. Like, you, you can't break it. It just yeah. happens. You so you read. It's phenomenal. It's really, really good stuff. But, uh, so last night, he, uh, uh, John Crowder basically went through all of these different miracles and different, uh, manifestations that, that various different mystics throughout history, um, had been involved with. Good different, job. Different things like, uh, and, and, you know, forgive me, I can't quote every single person's name. I forgive you. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, uh, John Crowder, he knows so much stuff. Like, he's just rattling off all these different mystic Lots names. Of data, yeah. Uh, you know, um, if anybody's curious about that type of thing, there's a book that he's got called The New Mystics and talks about, um, people who have worked with God and, and, and the stuff that he's, Pulling in this book, he's not making things up. He's not just pulling things out. He was a, a journalist for about five years, did editing in a newspaper. He knows how to research. Mm -hmm. And this book, The New Mystics, is really well-researched. I checked some stuff myself out after the fact, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this has been vetted by certain people. Mm -hmm. So, okay. yeah. So, yeah, you can get that book and support his ministry uh, once again on Amazon or Sons of Thunder. Um, but yeah, he just went through all these different names, talking about all these different people, um, you know, people that, you know, levitated, <laughs> people that, uh, you know, uh, they, they, there was talk of like bilocation miracles, transportation miracles. Uh, one guy that he was uh, really good friends with was, um, ministering at a conference and then all of a sudden disappeared from the conference and, at the same time, appeared in an elevator in China, got a business card in China, yeah. and then went back to the uh, the elevator and then appeared back in front of everybody that he was preaching to a few minutes earlier at the same exact time as which he in which he left. Yeah. And when he reached in his pocket, the Chinese business card was business in card. his it's in his cool. pocket, which is really cool. 
Um, yep. It's so, like, James, that sounds incredible. How do you know this is true? <laughs> oh, wait, we're talking about um, Jesus Christ who was crucified on a cross, buried, and then rose from the dead. So yep. I think we got room for faith. Well, well, <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing, the, the, the faith aspect, which we talked about that tonight uh, a lot, um, that the faith that we have is impossible, you know, but nothing is impossible with Christ. The faith it, is, is what we receive from the vine that we abide in. Yeah. Like, it's not even our own faith. It's the faith of Christ. Yeah. We were talking tonight about how the, the scholars have been realizing that when everything is interpreted as faith in Jesus Christ, it's actually the faith of Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's true. his faith that we receive. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's that verse that says, that uh, it is by grace through faith that we're saved, or grace that we're saved through faith for those who want me to be absolutely precise with my quotations. Um, and this not of yourselves. And the of not of yourselves is not the grace, because that's a clear thing. You know, if you're given grace, it's not from you. Why would you give grace to yourself like that? It's the faith that's not yours. That's why it's impossible for us to get this. And belief is also impossible. Yeah. You know, like, uh, uh, like, and I'm, I'm going to take a, a a situation that John Crowder was saying tonight. He said, "I could I could tell you that you won five hundred trillion dollars, and you'd have a hard time believing that. You'd have a hard time believing that. But yet, in your belly is rivers of living water. In your belly is rivers of living water flowing, flowing, flowing from your belly." And yet you say you believe that, but it's impossible to believe that message. If you can't believe you're going $500 trillion, how are you going to believe an infinitely more valuable word like the gospel uh, and, and having all of that really cool stuff welled up inside of us? So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a really, really good experience so far. So, you know, what were your takeaways from yesterday uh, as far as the, the actual meeting? A lot of the stuff I had heard um, from the numerous amounts of John Crowder videos that I've seen and watched and stuff. I mean, he's not a pastor. He doesn't always come up with, like, a new sermon every week. Um, he does, though, with the Jesus Trip videos. But with this message, you know, it's fine-tuned to get the message across. And like James was saying earlier, the gospel's not new. You don't have to make something up all the time. So what I got away from it was a reiteration uh, of what he said before, um, but being in the presence of that too, receiving the faith that was being poured out into the room uh, through Jesus, through John Crowder, through this stuff. And I was just receiving that, um, allowing my brain to turn off was great because something about our brains, they, they just want new information all the time, constantly. We're just addicted to it. Mm-hmm. So I could just turn that off and then receive through my spirit what was happening. It was lovely. Mm-hmm. That was last night. Go on. Yeah, for me, it was um, a lot of new stuff I'd never heard before. <coughs> like translocation, transportation, uh, and then transits in general and just the different versions of those. And, and, uh, yeah, you can point out the scriptures and stuff like that, but to imagine that stuff being for today and it happening today uh, was kind of 
It's a stretch, you know, uh, and, but whenever you bring up history, like over the last 1800 years and, and the recordings that we have, especially from the Catholic Church, right? Um, of just, you know, the, the, who, the priests and such and stuff that they would be able to pull off and their nicknames and, you know, Francis of Assisi and all that, right? And, uh, and all their stories, like that was all, a lot of that was new to me, you know, to be able to hear about the, and it was, a, it was a stretch. For me, as far as uh, stretching my imagination of what was possible, and so a new goal now for me would be levitation. I totally want to float, and when I do, we'll do another podcast. I'll let you know. <laughs> you know, that's a new new goal. We so. should do a video cast of that, though, because uh, yeah, I could see right now. Holy cow, David, you're floating off the ground, and you wouldn't even know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so. technically, his feet aren't touching the floor because he's sitting in a cross-legged position. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get it on video for sure. <laughs> You're right here, folks. Life goals. <laughs> yes. So, you know, tonight is actually just us, uh, and this is just raw and uncut. Oh, it's yeah. not, it's not going to be, uh, you know, uh, all cleaned up like the actual normal podcasts are. Sorry. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. It's the reason why is because first off, uh, I've traveled to Charlotte. I don't have access to all my editing, uh, equipment. In fact, we, we've set up a, uh, a mobile, recording rig that took us a while to actually get to work. We finally got it to work. Um, but I don't have the ability of editing it down here and I want to get it out to you guys as quick as possible. So I'm going to upload it, uh, as soon as we get done. Um, and it should upload into iTunes and everywhere else soon. So, uh, but anyway, I'm, uh, I'm thrilled with all the stuff that we've learned, uh, yesterday. My biggest takeaway yesterday was that religion is not um, something that that can save anybody, right. and the actions that we do are meaningless. You know <laughs> yeah. that we we just can't do anything. You know it's <laughs> it's like we we think that we actually have something to offer God, but we don't. Yeah. You know um, we can say that we are chasing after Him, that we offer Him our heart, but we can't. We can't do any of that stuff because, unfortunately. Uh, it is worthless. The only way we can do any of it is through Jesus, the vicarious man, the, 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 the man that came, uh, that was, that was begotten son, um, the father's blood come to earth and, and, uh, lived as us and experienced the same things as we do. You know, one of the biggest revelations tonight, and, and I know it sounds really weird, but Jesus farted. Yep. You know? Yep. Think about that. Jesus was a real man mm-hmm. who farted and burped. Yep. And probably had, you know, other he, stuff going he, on. He, and I'm yep. not gonna go there. <laughs> I'm not gonna go there. But every man knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and even though he never sinned, he became <laughs> sin for us on our behalf. And uh, you know, that's the gospel, that the kingdom is here. Right. And uh, that that we're able to experience the fullness that is Christ Jesus in and of every single thing that we do every single day, because it's nothing that we can do. And so, like I said earlier, it sounds like we're drunk. We are full of the glory of God right now because, you know, this is not something that we are intentionally doing. It's just the realization that we have no control over Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We have no control over any of this stuff. 
And I'm sorry, friends, if you think you can control the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is just not going to mess with you because there's no reason (laughs) why he would if you're going to continuously shut him down. But if you open up and just fall back into him and let him do what he wants to do, then you're going to experience some of the same crazy stuff that we're experiencing. You know, Um, what was your takeaways from today? (laughs) You want to go first? Let's see. This is going to be some thinking about. I want to, while I'm gathering that thought, um, I want to share a quick story that I heard from our friend Lynn today. Uh, We were talking about religion, what you were just saying about. Reminded me of this. He was talking about his um, grandchild who doesn't know how to tie his own shoes yet, but really wants to try to. And so he's sitting there and struggling with the laces and, and tugging them and pulling them and, and making little knots, not knowing how to do it well. And his grand, his grandfather, Lynn, is like looking at him and saying, I'm here if you need help. And he's like, no, I can do this. Guy. I can do this. I can do this. Until finally he just gives it up and he says, okay, granddaddy, can you help me? And I just got that realization that that's what religion is in the eyes of God. You know, we, we try to do our own way of getting something done that we need done. We try to, you know, work our way into salvation with much fear and trembling, which is not actually what that verse means. Uh, we can talk about that later if we need to. But God's just all the while looking at us, smiling at us patiently and saying, all right, but when we say, can you help me? He steps in and does the work for us. And but here's amazing. the most beautiful thing. He's already done the work oh, for us. Oh, he's already done the work for us, yeah. <laughs> but we don't get that until we start saying, can you help me? And then we get the revelation yeah. that he's helped us. And then yeah. we get to reap the benefits of what's been done. And It's amazing. Um, and all of so, a sudden you're tying your shoe and you can't do it yourself. And then you're you're like, daddy, help me. And then you look down and your shoe's already tied. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, pull that analogy. It's not how it happened with Lindsey Graham. <laughs> so today's takeaway throughout the entire day, one thing that was like really impressed me, I guess, a uh, question and answer session that we had. Um, somebody once was like on James's page just talking about how Crowder's not a real scholar like those who've gone to seminary and whatnot. And this guy's got 200 interpretations of the Bible that he has. This guy is like a crack addict for theology. Mm-hmm. He's not a crack addict, so please don't take it like that. But he is very well read, understands this stuff backwards and forwards. He knows other people's theology that they were bringing up. He's like, oh yeah, I know this guy gave a really good, concise uh, description of the person's like theology basis and was able to just like parrot it back and say, yeah, this, and I disagree with that because of this. You can tell that he considers things well. The man is a theologian. Mm-hmm. John Crowder is a theologian for sure. Um, the guy is way smarter than we are. So, <laughs> you know, for sure. Uh, you can read his books or listen to him, and he's just rattling all this information off. And good luck trying to take notes. I mean, like seriously, <laughs> I've tried. I tried to take notes last night, and I try to take notes today. And all I have is just random spatterings of verses that he's given us in my notebook. But I don't know what those verses say because I couldn't write down all of the different contexts that he was throwing at us all at once, you know. Um, but he is a very, very intelligent guy. So, you know, 
I had gotten into a debate, an argument with someone not long ago where they basically just said, well, I'm a seminarian. I'm smarter than you. I'm blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, yeah, (laughs) it's, it's like, you know, when, when, when people say stuff like that, I start thinking to myself, you know, um, God took the things that were nothing to shame the things that were something. It doesn't matter how smart you think you are because you're not. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You have no idea. You don't know what God has in your belly. You think you know. You think you have an idea, but you don't know, you know? And uh, so tonight, like, I I tell you, like, he he gave so many anecdotal stories and different things that he talked about. um, And uh, I honestly can't tell you a whole lot of what he said tonight. It was just an amazing Holy Spirit filled night. Oh, yeah. Uh, back to back to back to back oh, stories. And yeah, the Sacred Cow Barbecue. We had that one. Yeah, the Sacred Cow Barbecue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and that's not food. You know, a no. lot of people think that's food, but, um, anyway, uh, the Sacred <laughs> Cow Barbecue is where basically John Crowder takes all of these religious things that we hold near and dear to our heart and, uh, we, he basically destroys them. You know, mm-hmm. he destroys them and explains why they're bull crap. And what's you know? wonderful is he doesn't just leave the things deconstructed. He says, all right, so now that these things are down, I want to point you to the actual truth of the matter, which has always been Jesus. No matter what we put up as a religious uh, construction, <sighs> a sacred cow, the alternative is always Jesus. And i got to tell you, that's always the best thing to turn to in the first place, even. Mm-hmm. Like, if you, if you have a Jesus and... You're, you're falling away. If you have grace plus law, you've got law. Right. right. <laughs> religion is just, and and by religion I don't mean like Christianity and having a relationship with God and stuff. I'm talking about the idea of I need to do stuff. I need to have this in place. I need to read the Bible. I need to pray so many times. Like one thing he was talking about today was how people believe intercessory prayer is so important that God needs us so badly to ask him to help in order for him to help. And my daddy is good. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like if your, repu- if your perspective of God does not show a good daddy, you need to relook at Jesus because if you've seen him, you've seen the Father. So just to back up with that story, like the, the, the story that John Crowder basically was saying today is he, he basically was, uh, to try to, to, to put it this way, he's like, so with intercessory prayer, we get all bent out of shape thinking that God actually needs us. Mm-hmm. And so we get all anxious and we get all wound up with ourselves <laughs> and we're standing there and we're, clenching our fists and grinding our jaws and looking up at heaven. And then we open our mouths and we're like, help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. When the fact is, is that Jesus and God already knows everything that needs to be done and mm-hmm. he will already do it. It's not that we need to ask for help. And it's not even that we shouldn't pray. <laughs> no, we should live a lifestyle of prayer, mm-hmm. and and a lifestyle of prayer is just constant communion with uh, Father. You know, 
Um, and, and, you know, speaking of communion, we're going to be doing live communion here in a minute. Um, and, and part of the reason we're doing this is first off, I think we're probably going to get wasted. <laughs> and not because we're drinking a lot of wine. No, no. Glorious, glorious the glory, thing. the glory of God is going to fall in here. I just, I, I know it, you know, yeah. and, and I hope you guys hear the heart behind the message that we're talking tonight. You know, I know that I sound a lot different than I normally do when I record my podcast. It's because I am just like completely enamored with the idea that I have no idea what I'm talking about. (laughs) I have no idea what I'm talking about. All I know is Jesus and him crucified. And another thing I'm going to throw out there, and I think I actually posted this on my Facebook page, too, uh, was uh, the other day I had gotten into an argument or a disagreement with a guy and and I said, you know, I pretend to know nothing except for Christ and him crucified. And he comes back at me and he's like, well, that's a good starting point, brother. Oh. Let me tell you guys, the cross, Jesus and him crucified, is the ultimate ends to the gospel. And what that means is that that's not a starting point. That's the ultimate point. That's it. You know, that's it. You know, the, the whole idea that God, that the Father, rent the heavens and sent his Son in flesh, incarnate flesh, to be just like you and me, so that we don't have to do anything. Even though we're wired to do stuff, we're wired because of the fall to do this stuff, we don't have to. And that's why it's so scandalous, because we don't have to do anything. But yet we want to. And we think that we actually have a hand in helping God. That's not only is that atrocious, that's sacrilege to think that we can actually literally put ourselves between God and us and say, hey, you know, I'm going to do this because this doing will help God. God's calls come without repentance, but he doesn't need our help for the call. Mm -hmm. He he chooses to, to have us involved. And it's not because he needs it. He just loves to work with his kiddos. Like, imagine a, a construction worker bringing his little son to the construction site. The son's not going to be there, you know, pulling up a jackhammer or, or using a sledgehammer on the cement blocks or anything like that. But he wants to be involved with his daddy. So his daddy takes one of those hard hats and puts it on his son's head. And he's there chipping away at a little block all day long, not doing anything worth anything. And at the end of the day, work's done. Little kid turns to his dad and says, did we get, do good work tonight, Dad? Mm-hmm. Dad's not going to say, you didn't do anything, son. He's going to say, yeah, we did. So I, I say that story to say, like, God's already done all the work. Mm-hmm. We don't have to add to it or anything like that. He enjoys us being in the process. That's why he gives us gifts. That's why we're part of the body, ministering to each other. That's why we're temples and priests, you know, both holding the presence of God within us and ministering that same presence to other people, sharing love. Like today was so holy, spirit-filled. It was just getting me drunk, completely drunk. And when I'm saying drunk, I'm not talking about like I'm necessarily stumbled around intoxicated, can't speak because I've been drinking like booze all day. It's a joy, a deep joy and exuberance that just overwhelms my senses because I'm just so blissed out. Hmm. 
and I'm prophesying to people and I'm ministering to them and stuff. And they're coming back to me and saying, that was a spot on word. I don't know these people. They tell me their names afterwards. God's doing work with me mm-hmm. and through me because it delights him. That's the only reason why he does this. Mm-hmm. It's not because he needs us. It's because he loves his kids and he wants us to be about our father's business. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Anyway, yeah. I just want you, if you get nothing else from me in this podcast, I want you, the listener, to know the father delights in you. Jesus was our vicarious man, James put it earlier. Vicarious is better than substitution because it doesn't mean that we're set apart. You know, we were crucified in Christ. In Christ, we were raised again. We were in him. Co-everything. So when Jesus was being in uh, the baptism and he comes up out of the water and God says to him, Behold, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. We were in him then too. We were vicariously in Christ and we were redeemed and being those whom God is pleased with. And there are people who are going to be like, no, I'm a wretched man. I'm a wretched man. But no, you're not a wretched man. You're a glorious <laughs> man because Jesus is in that belly. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, and the Don't idea... blaspheme the temple. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm <laughs> you know, I, and, and, and I'll tell you, I mean, I've had this discussion on the podcast many times in the past, but, you know, this whole theology change that I've gone through these last several months, honestly, uh, it's it's been overwhelming because, you know, the idea that we don't have to sin, that we can be completely free from even the desire to sin, to me, that's a supernatural manifestation right there because before I got a hold of this message, like, I sucked. I was not a very good person and I kept sinning because I kept thinking that I had to sin because of my fallen nature because you kept you know, thinking that you sucked and yeah. you were fallen and and I kept thinking that that sin nature was trying to bring me down and that it was the thorn in my side um and and I know that I'm overemphasizing um I'm doing a little bit of the John Crowder uh South Georgia religious voice a little bit but uh <laughs> I, I personally can't pick it up, but I'm from the north, so. <laughs> well, he is a Yankee. Um, <laughs> David, on the other hand, is about as close to a southern guy as we have in this room. However, he's lived in California for years, and so, unfortunately, I think that might rubbed off on him. Yep, yep, skinny white guy, skinny jeans, long hair, you know. I, I can't even hear really a southern accent in your voice. Right on. But he is from fake Kansas, so, you know, he's from fake Kansas, which is our Kansas. Yeah, saying our Kansas is fake Kansas. It's not Kansas, right? Yeah, Arkansas. It's not Kansas. That's why it's called our Kansas. So do we want to, do we actually want to talk about some of those sacred cows? Maybe save that for uh, its own. Well, let's go ahead and talk about them. Yeah, let's go ahead and throw some out there. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that, man. I'd like to get prepared for something like that. Do you have right. something you can just pull out that would be a good? We were talking earlier about the intercessory prayer, um, other sacred cows. He was talking about. I, I, I got so drunk on the Holy Spirit that I can't even remember what was being said yeah. this morning. It was awesome. 
just an awesome day. Yeah, let's let's unless you want to dive into it, what would you like? Well, we talked about repentance, and, and I've talked about that a little bit on our podcast, but that was a sacred cow in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Where the word repent comes from, it comes from the word pent, um, and, and it actually ultimately drills down to the pence, word penance. Yeah. And, of course, it added, uh, you know, John Crowder makes a joke and says they added re to basically get repeat business out of it, essentially. You've got to keep coming yeah. back. you got to keep... Okay. Repaying your debt, you've got to keep repaying for so your sins, and that's essentially what yeah. repentance is. Even though and, Christ died for sins once for all, yeah. <laughs> and the Bible, you know, in the English translation of the Bible, sure it says repent, but that is actually not what the Bible says. If you actually read what the Bible says, the word actually is metanoia, which is a simple change of mind. It's not. This whole idea that you take sin upon yourself and that you somehow have to pay for it yourself. Jesus paid for that sin for you. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. So just rest in that. Rest in him. So uh, we're not going to get into a whole lot of the sacred cows. Just because we don't seem to remember them. Because I don't really remember them. And we'll because probably get some highlights. But it's very hard to take notes. But, yeah, David did record the entire um, yeah, yeah. the entire meeting. So I will be stealing those uh, recordings and listening to them again when I actually have a chance to sit down with them yeah. and uh, maybe rewind and write notes and rewind and write notes. Mm-hmm. Um, I recorded a little bit uh, about when he was talking about the whole grave sucking thing yesterday. Um, it's not what the heresy hunter sites make it sound. It, it's not even grave sucking. That's a ridiculous terminology. It's yeah, not yeah, even that. Morbid, yeah. You know, it's, it's very, very weird, but yeah. uh, Anyway, I recorded that, and, uh, you know, I don't want to actually publish that without permission from um, John Crowder or his ministry, but I will take notes and then uh, maybe go over that in a future episode uh, at some point once I'm able to kind of sit down and go over all of this stuff. But uh, um, we're going to move on to my favoritest, bestest, favoritest thing ever, and that is communion. Okay. So did you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about before we move on to that? Uh, do you want to talk about some of the experiences we had at the end of tonight? We saw some miracles tonight. So do you want to talk about that or do you want to save that for after communion? Um, we experienced some. Yeah, so. we experienced a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. My foot was really bothering me, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, it's not. <laughs> yeah. uh, we had people that had back problems that – they didn't have back problems anymore. There was people with wisdom teeth issues that all of a sudden their their wisdom teeth issues were resolved. Um, there was there was a lot of miracles that happened tonight, um, and and uh, to to recount them all is kind of difficult because it was just it was like a machine gun miracle thing going on all at once. Like people were jumping up and down, people were screaming, hollering. You know, it really was an interesting experience there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, was there anything that you guys remember about those? Your foot, and then do you have something? Uh, my back, um, I had a knot underneath my right shoulder blade for quite a long time. I mean, it might have been from when I was delivering newspapers and had a really, really heavy bag when I was a kid. So it just developed that 
But yeah, this girl came over and just started praying for me and no issues, still no issues. Yeah. I had, uh, I haven't told you guys this, but I had a pain in my back as well. And right now I don't feel it like right after the meeting I did and now I don't, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, so I was going to wait in the morning and test it out and see how it turns out. But I feel pretty confident in it right now because I tried to test it out and yeah. yeah, I couldn't make it hurt, you know, so. And some people might wonder why, why backs? Why does God feel backs? And I just had this little flash of revelation. It's because it's about letting burdens go. Christ's yoke is easy and his burden is light and he doesn't like people to be weighed down by things. And when you're bearing a heavy burden, your back gets hurt. And, you know, maybe there's like a spiritual burden on us. Or maybe just God's just making a point to us. He's like, you know what? This is who I am. I want you to be unburdened by deception. I want you to be unburdened by the things that uh, religionists have put on your back for years and years and years and can't even do things themselves. Fasting was one of the sacred cows that was being taken care of now that I think about it. Oh, you sure you want to do that? <laughs> well, I'm not going to do that okay. entirely, but I bring that up because there are people who say, you must do this fast and that fast and this fast and that fast, and they themselves can't do it them To be like at all. John G. Lake and all these amazing yeah, in order to do your In course. order to be able to <laughs> have all of these superpowers, you have to get rid of your flesh, which is a very Gnostic belief if you think about it, because there you go. God... Formed man out of the dust of the ground, breathed into him, and you know made him a living flesh. The idea that sin has made the body such a disgusting thing that we have to completely, you know, diminish it in order to become holy. What? Yeah, yeah. That is so ridiculous. Yeah. The belief. I mean, to me, mysticism. Besides what we were talking about earlier, is the belief that spirit and body come together in one and. God calls it good. Yeah, there's a fruit from it. So you don't have to fast continuously to become a holy person. It'll clear your head if you want to do that, you know. It'll make your body feel better, and that's fine. But you're not going to get more of God than what you had before by keeping yourself from having, you know, food. God said himself, this is the fast that I want, to love the widow and the orphan, to take care of the poor, to clothe those who are naked, to give right. shelter to the homeless. You know, it's about a heart matter and loving people who are in the image of God. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're just trying to starve your own body, you're so self-focused that you're not paying attention to the fact that God put you in the lives of other people to be God to them through your love. Preach because, it, it. you know, when we come together, this is church. When we come together, this is God expressing himself. There's smoke coming off you right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Glory. But I'm and, he, sorry, and he's I'm fanning off. himself with his revival Jesus fan. Oh, you got a revival Jesus, Jesus fan? <laughs> I, like, I like looking down and seeing like a white Catholic European Jesus. Jesus looking at me with his hand up. Yeah. yeah Even yeah. though Jesus was Jewish and <laughs> okay. lived in Egypt for a few he was, years. He I think he was deeply tanned. He had a carpenter's body. And those guys were stonemasons, you know, so they were strong people. But (laughs) in any case, I'm starting to get a little schnockered right now. That little thing. And schnockered is another way of saying, I'm full of the presence, brother. And the glory of God. The glory glory of God. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to go ahead and do communion, like I've been saying for the last couple minutes. And, uh, 
I wouldn't be surprised if, if they look a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> Go on here, sorry. I wouldn't be surprised if something really awesome happens when we're doing this. So um, <clears throat> I wanted to share with you. Uh, my brother Anthony here gave me a really beautiful gift, and I'm really appreciative. Uh, and it's actually one that uh, that John Crowder actually had at on his book table. And I don't know if you knew that he had that there, but it's really cool. So it's called. Yeah, if the I New- knew that, I would have just let you buy one yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the New Testament from 26 translations, and it's got all sorts of different translations in it. But uh, you know, one of my favorite sections of verse to go over when we do communion is uh, 1 Corinthians 11, and I think it goes from like 23 through like 20. Uh, would you rather the Mirror translation because I got that too? 26. Well, we could do that too, okay. but um, in fact, we will definitely do that because I think the mirror is really cool. Yeah. Uh, but I just noticed this That's while I was kind of reading through it. Brother. <laughs> I was reading it while he was talking over there, and uh, so I never heard of the Goodspeed translation. And uh, in this, it says in verse 24, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said. And the Goodspeed translation was, uh, this is my body, which takes your place. And then uh, in the same manner, he took the cup. And after uh, when they had supped, saying, um, the Goodspeed translation, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, the new agreement ratified by my blood. So. Uh, I thought that was really neat, but we're going to go through the mirror translation because uh, I haven't done communion with the mirror translation yet. Um, we're going to skip the footnotes. Yes. I recommend you go ahead and open up. reading the mirror translation with the footnotes because yes. this is full of the glory. It really is. I mean, by that, this guy's got such an amazing revelation. It is such a good translation here. And you could call it a... Bible commentary and a paraphrase, all you want, and you might be correct, but Holy Spirit just shines through this mm-hmm. constantly. So, yeah, you might love your KJV, you might love your ESV or your NIV or your whatever Vs. This is okay. So, First Corinthians 11. Let me remind you, starting at verse 23. Let me remind you then what we are actually celebrating in our fellowship meal, the night in which the Lord Jesus was betrayed. He took bread and gave thanks. And breaking this bread into portions, he said, realize your association with my death. Every time you eat, remember my body that was broken for you. And he did exactly the same with the cup after supper and said, this cup holds the wine of the new covenant in my blood. You celebrate me. Every time you drink with this understanding. Your every meal makes the mandate of his coming relevant and communicates the meaning of the new covenant. So whoever does not value this meaning of the bread and the wine, they keep themselves in condemnation. To see oneself associated in Christ's death and declared innocent in his blood is the only worthy manner in which to examine one's own life in the context of this new covenant meal. Anyone who partakes of this meal in an indifferent manner, either because of religious sentiment or merely being blasé about the meaning of the meal, eats and drinks judgment on themselves. 
The human body of Jesus represents the judgment of every single human life. To fail to acknowledge this is to deliberately exclude yourself from the blessing of the new covenant. This is the reason why many of you are suffering unnecessarily with weaknesses and illnesses, and many have already died. By judging that we indeed co-died in his death, we are free from any kind of judgment. And by discerning the broken body of Christ, we can only conclude that he was wounded for our transgressions. And that indeed the chastisement that brought us peace was upon him. This is the instruction of the Lord. What foolishness it would be to continue to place yourself and the rest of the world under judgment when Jesus already took all judgment on himself. So when you come together to eat the covenant meal, embrace one another with utmost courtesy. I'll stop there. Yeah. That's pretty powerful, guys. Yeah. Pretty powerful. So we picked a wine today um, called... Uh, I'm guessing it's Bogle Vineyards. But what really caused it to jump out at us is it had this, like, interesting little artwork on it that said Old Vine Mm -hmm. at the top. And, you know, the Old Vine uh, representing basically a a dead vine, right? Uh, But Or an ancient vine. An ancient vine. A vine that's been there from the beginning. There you go. That's (laughs) even better than what I was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so, uh, <laughs> oh, man, I'm getting so tipsy. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so uh, we're, we're grafted into this vine, and that's yeah. what we're going to be taking advantage of uh, right now. We're going to be sharing in this wine and sharing in the, the bread, but even more so, this is not a symbol, you know. Um, for so Jesus many years, this is my body. This is my body and this is my blood. But for so many years, you know, I grew up a Lutheran. That's what they taught. You know, they taught that this was the physical blood and the body of Christ. But then I started going to non-denominational churches and all that kind of stuff. And it seems like the non-denominational church doesn't take this very serious. They only do it maybe once a month, once every two months, once every four months. You know, it's it's like it seems to be a a something that they throw in when it's convenient. And quite frankly, this is probably one of the most important actions that we can do in the body is to share in that blood, to tap into the Emmanuel's veins mm. and drink in, drink deep the blood of the Holy, the blood of Jesus Christ and, and breathe in deep the Holy Spirit, drink in the new wine of the Holy Spirit and, and consume the, the body, the bread. So right now, we're going to break the bread and we're going to drink the wine. And so just from memory, I'm going to go kind of like what I what we did at the Lutheran Church and um, from memory. And it's based on the section of verse that Anthony's already read from. But we're just going to do that and we're going to share in communion with each other and with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're just going to enjoy this time, and we're going to record it for you guys, listening pleasure. And if you want to get you some wine and some bread, and I don't care if you want to get grape juice, you do whatever you want to do, but you can share with us in that too. Oh, what are you showing me there? You want to do thank you, Nah, we're good. Um, 
All right. So night which on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, and once he held it up, he blessed it. And he said, this is my body, broken for you, substituted for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. And as often as you get together, do this in remembrance of me. Father God, Lord, I just lift up this this bread to you, this non-bread, this market-side, original, non-bread. It's non-bread. Non-bread. <laughs> it's the body of Christ. <laughs> so we're, we're blessing it right now in the name of Jesus. Not only are we blessing the bread, we're blessing the fact that you came and you died for our sins. Your body was broken for our benefit. But even more so, we're also going to pray in blessing over the hands that prepared this bread. The the farmers that that planted the the fields that had the flour and and all of the stuff that went into making this stuff. All the workers that put together this stuff. They didn't know, but their hands were putting together this very meal in which we're sharing with, with our Father right now, with you, Daddy. So we're going to break this bread and we're going to share it as brothers in remembrance of you. he took the cup and he held it up and he said this is my blood poured out for you drink it down drink it as often as you get together in remembrance of me and the blood that I shed on the cross the blood that I shed for you the blood that I shared for you when when my blood ran into yours and we became one in a mystical union (laughs) drink in remembrance of me so with that guys we're going to finish this recording we're going to continue doing our communion feast over here and love you guys so much thanks for listening and thanks for bearing with us with this uh, very unprofessional setup but we're just uh we're just going to take some time and enjoy uh, Jesus together right now. Love you guys. <laughs> oh, gosh. A little more Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Are you good than Jesus, too? <laughs> more Jesus for me, then. I want to do the Catholic sounds. It's not stopping. No. <laughs> good. <laughs>